Thank you for downloading this episode of our podcast. Hi, and welcome to the podcast for Solomon Staircase Masonic Lodge number 357, where we talk about all things related with Freemasonry, including hermetic teachings, philosophy, reason, spirituality, and much more. We're located in Buena Park, Southern California. Tune in as we continue to update our podcast with informative talks and articles for Masons worldwide and those who would like to inquire within. The following article is from the March 2000 Scottish Rite Journal of Freemasonry, Southern Jurisdiction, USA, and it's titled Masonic Leadership, Doing the Right Things, by E. Arthur Hogland, 33rd Degree. To succeed, Masonry needs true leaders, not just able administrators. Unless you change direction, you are likely to arrive at where you are headed. All of Freemasonry must heed this old Chinese proverb, We need skilled and committed leaders at all levels who will help other Masons be capable of joint performance through common goals, common values, the right structure, along with the training and development they need to respond to change and to perform. That is the fundamental leadership task, according to Peter Drucker, the founding father of the science of management. In his book, The New Realities, Drucker also identified the most critical problems facing leaders of nonprofit organizations like Freemasonry developing rewards, recognition, and opportunities, creating a unified vision in the organization, devising a management structure for an organization of task forces, ensuring the supply, preparation, and testing of top people. Leadership is the key for masonry to once again become a preeminent, viable, and growing fraternity. We need leaders who innovate, focus on people, inspire trust, and have their eye on the future. Only such leaders will assure Freemasonry and Freemasons make a difference in the world. These leaders must work cooperatively for the common good of the Masonic fraternity, regardless of the organization they may currently represent. After all, aren't we all Masons? Didn't each of us take the same obligations? Warren Bennis, in his book On Becoming a Leader, identified personal and organizational characteristics for coping with change and forging a new future for what he calls learning organizations such as masonry. He wrote, Leaders manage the dream, communicate the vision, recruit meticulously, reward, retrain, and reorganize. Great leaders set out their vision and get others involved to follow on their own. Bennis differentiated leadership from management. Administration is the often used term in Masonic organizations. Managers administer, focus on systems and structure, rely on control, and keep their eye on the budget. Leaders are interested in direction, vision, goals, objectives, effectiveness, and purpose. Leaders innovate, focus on people, inspire trust, and have their eye on the future. Leadership fundamentals are similar for nonprofit and for-profit organizations. Now, most organizations recognize leaders based on their ability to perform and provide effective leadership. They are not entitled to leadership positions because of progression, birthright, or arbitrary promotion, as often was the case in the past. Successful leaders know where they are going and are agents of change by inspiring others to share their vision. Planning is a behavior found in the best-run corporations and in preeminent volunteer organizations. Planning for the future is a subject included in the preface and first section of the Membership Development Manual published by the Imperial Council of the Shrine a book recommended for use by all Shrine Temples. 
planning is choosing a course of action, making decisions to do things in an orderly fashion, and providing for things to happen that would otherwise not happen. Perhaps past Grandmaster Ben Franklin said it best, failing to plan is planning to fail. Planning first requires a vision. Walt Disney said it simply, if you can dream it, you can do it. Similarly, Bert Nannis, in his book Visionary Leadership, demonstrates that human behavior in organizations is very much shaped by a shared vision of a better tomorrow. Developing and promulgating such a vision is the highest calling and truest purpose of leadership. Most everyone listening to this article is a member of some sort of Masonic or Masonic-affiliated organization. All such organizations are concordant or appended to several Grand Lodges. A few have stated their organization's vision. Some have a strategic plan, as does the Scottish Rite. But what about Freemasonry in total? Are we doing things right? More to the point, are we doing the right things? Bennis points out that when you think about doing things right, you think about control mechanisms and the how-to of accomplishing things, the process of management or administration. But when you think about doing the right things, your mind immediately goes toward thinking about the future, thinking about dreams, missions, strategic intent, and purpose. Bennis says that is the essence of leadership. The 1994 report of the Imperial Shrine Membership Task Force included one section on leadership. It seems self-evident to us that leadership in the Shrine, and indeed throughout our Masonic-related organizations, is one of our most pressing needs. The report did not address the concerns of continuity nor training, but it did include selection and tenure. Those with leadership talent and skills developed elsewhere should be identified and called for service through a well-qualified nominating committee and progressive lines may be too long for today's leaders. Nanus believes there are many with leadership skills, but that leadership is much more difficult than it once was. He writes that not only corporate and government, but also cities, churches, schools, courts, hospitals, museums, and other institutions, such as masonry, all seem to be sorely in need of the kind of visionary leaders that built them in the first place. Leaders who are determined and confident in the sense of direction, unafraid to take risks, bold and courageous, inspiring and uplifting. He concludes, it may not be an easy process, and it is not likely itself to turn around a hopeless situation, but if there is one thing that can profoundly increase a leader's chance of success, it is developing and sustaining a compelling organizational vision. The fundamental beliefs of dignity of manhood, strength of brotherhood, and the virtue of truth must be the basic principles for a vision for our fraternity. Here is one vision. Freemasonry will be a relevant, preeminent fraternity committed to attracting, developing, and retaining men of high quality who strive for self-improvement and the opportunity to make a difference. With such a vision, Freemasons can view the future as worth achieving as each Mason encourages and promotes Masonry. As a result of a compelling vision achieved, a man who is or becomes a Mason should expect to find in his fraternity a non-discriminatory brotherhood of men who believe in a supreme being, an organization well-led with the opportunity to learn and to lead, outstanding fellowship, enjoyment, dignity, pride, and personal connections, a role with his family and his community, and participation as a brother with his friends, neighbors, sons, supervisors, and peers. Masons must convince men and their families that to be a Freemason is worth their time and effort. Friendships and self-improvement, including leadership development and networking, must be among the benefits we offer any man who asks for a petition. Freemasonry, our lodges, valleys, temples, clubs, all must truly provide these benefits. 
Freemasonry must be ready for this man through improved methods of teaching, responsive leadership, and by the examples he sees when he joins. Masons must help him recognize that all of Masonry, including the concordant and appendant bodies, are relevant parts of the new century and worthy of his time, his attention, his participation, and his support. In his book and video, Who Moved My Cheese?, Dr. Spencer Johnson offers insight for each of us to discover how to deal with change. Similarly, excellent resources are available from the National Masonic Renewal Committee of North America and the Center for Leadership Excellence. The many lessons learned from these authors and others can provide Masonic officers the opportunity to become Masonic leaders who assure that Freemasonry provides quality in everything it does. Leaders who optimistically commit to achieve excellence and long-term success as they share a plan to reach a vision of the preferred future. Leaders who inspire Freemasons to achieve joint performance as each responds to change and performs. Leaders who not only do things right, but do the right things. Leaders throughout the Masonic fraternity who change direction before we arrive at where we are now headed. The 21st century is the right time to be a Mason. It is time to do things right as we do the right things, so we once again become the preferred choice of men in our communities, attracting and retaining more youthful, community-active men as we rekindle the interest and activity of our existing members. The following article is from the August 2000 Scottish Rite Journal of Freemasonry Southern Jurisdiction. It's titled The Elements of Masonic Leadership by Stephen L. Guffey, 32nd Degree. Planning, promptness, organization, inspiration, and encouragement are tools of leadership that promote Freemasonry. There are five basic parts in holding Masonic office. Planning, promptness, organization, inspiration, and encouragement. Using all of these will result in an organization that is harmoniously run and enthusiastically attended. They apply to Blue Lodge, Scottish Rite, or any other Masonic group. Planning is the first step and provides the level beginning in each endeavor. Planning meetings sets direction and destination. Without destination, we could never arrive, and without a plan, we would not know where to go and what should be done. Planning should be for more than just the next meeting. It should be for your whole term with the flexibility to change and adapt when needed. Promptness is like setting the cornerstone for the meeting. It marks the beginning and brings all the parts to that point in time. Being on time shows that you care enough to put out the effort. Your effort, in turn, encourages others to strive for timeliness. Example is a gentle teacher. Being early gives time to meet and greet your members and visitors, as well as time to go over your meeting notes. Just as every builder needs a trestle board, the master needs organization. His knowledge of the correct usage of ritual and his ability to set and follow the agenda get the job done efficiently. Organization ensures that important things are given priority and that all things are addressed as needed. Giving inspiration enriches your year as a leader as well as the lives of your members. You can inspire members by giving each a job that is appropriate and meaningful to him. The Bible says no workman be ashamed, so every man needs a work to accomplish and to be approved. Recognition is the approval we all seek, and enthusiasm follows. Recognizing your members can be done by pats on the back at each meeting, positive notes in the trussel board, and by presenting them with a certificate of appreciation or another honor. Lastly, encouragement causes all of us to grow to our potential, and the Masonic organization, in turn, to progress towards its goal of teaching the great principles of brotherly love, relief, and truth. To encourage a brother may be as simple as being polite in your conversations, 
At other times, it may mean you will have to go out of your way and do something more substantial, such as providing a physical need. Planning, promptness, organization, inspiration, and encouragement are all tools of leadership that can be used to promote the principles of Freemasonry. The following article is from the May 1999 Scottish Rite Journal of Freemasonry, Southern Jurisdiction, and is titled Leadership Secrets of the Cheshire Cat by William Herbert Skip Boyer, 32nd degree. I love the Leadership Secrets of concept. There's a new one out right now at bookstores on the Leadership Secrets of General Ulysses S. Grant. They tend to be creative and fun. I recently gave the winter commencement address at Northern Arizona University, and I used the same concept, the leadership secrets of the Cheshire Cat. I won't burden you with the whole speech, but here's the part that sets the theme as we try to define leadership. Let me explain what I mean about leadership. Do you remember Alice, Alice in Wonderland? She was not having a good day, and if you remember her story, you'll remember that it was largely a problem of leadership in Wonderland. Lewis Carroll's delightful tales of Alice and her adventures with strange animals, stranger people, and animated decks of cards have been popular children's stories for more than a century. They are, as we all know, far more than simple children's stories. They are a remarkable satire, a carefully crafted jest on life in Victorian England that still applies to life today. Alice's real problem in Wonderland was one of leadership, a situation we can all appreciate. Consider the sort of day she was having. First, she followed a white rabbit who was more interested in time management than real leadership. Following someone like that is always a danger. They are usually so worried about the appearance of things that they forget what it was they were trying to accomplish. Alice followed the rabbit with his large pocket watch and ended up in a deep hole, which is usually the way that sort of thing works out. Then she met a caterpillar who may or may not have been on controlled substances and who suggested that she could solve her problems by trying a bite of magic mushroom. It was the latest trendy thing to do. Try it. Everyone else is. Sort of like following the latest management theory or fad just because you don't want to be left out of the fun. So she did, and the next thing she knew, she was too big for her shoes and frightened everyone around her. Then she tried another trendy solution, and suddenly she was too small to accomplish much of anything. And when she turned to ask the caterpillar just what the devil was going on, he, like any good consultant, had already left town. It was all very confusing, and things just got curiouser and curiouser. After that, Alice met a variety of people with solutions for everything, from Mad Hatters to a queen who issued the sentence first before hearing the evidence. Off with her head. We know leaders like that, too. The high point of the day came when she met the Cheshire Cat. She found him perched in a tree at a crossroads, right about where we are standing today. Which road should I take? she asked the cat. Where do you want to get to? the cat asked helpfully. I don't know, admitted Alice. Then, advised the cat, any road will take you there. The Cheshire Cat's message is one you should remember. If you don't know where you're going, it doesn't make any difference how you get there. If you don't have a plan, it doesn't matter what you do. If you don't have an objective, who cares if you will ever reach it? If you don't take responsibility for your actions, who will? And perhaps the most important question of all, if you won't lead, then who will? Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a comment. We enjoy hearing from our listeners. If you really like what you heard, share this podcast with your friends and lodge members. Visit us online at solomonstaircase.org.